Dr. Tracy Hogan. As a licensed counselor, it's been my privilege to help people climb the ladder of happiness for more than 25 years. I'll help you find that sweet spot between the best of psychology and the best of spirituality. Are you ready? Let's climb this happiness ladder. How to go from obsessing about your body to loving your beautiful soul. Health is on the happiness ladder, and it's one of the six strengths that matter most. So are we grateful for our bodies? Do they bring us happiness? Mm, That's just not the case. Here are three studies with their statistics that blended together should alarm, horrify, and frighten you. A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine estimates by 2030, half of Americans will be obese. And no matter their current size or weight, 91% of college-aged women are dissatisfied with their bodies. And 22% of men aged 18 to 24, no matter their size, are dissatisfied with their bodies because they are not muscular enough or big enough. As a licensed mental health counselor, I feel we have not just a health crisis, but a mental health crisis of body obsession and body hatred. Here's an example of how shame talk and disgust of my body led me to a fat phobia. I have this Norwegian part of me I'll call Ostahoga. Ostahoga is my negative voice, the natural woman in me. Ostahoga is Norwegian for cheese hog. I just love cheese. Some Norwegians are amazing people who inspire us to live better lives, like my fourth great-grandparents, Helga Knud's daughter and Eric Hogan, who immigrated from Telemark, Norway, to Salt Lake City, Utah. Amazing people like Edvard Grieg, the great composer, and Leif Erikson, the great explorer, and Thor, alias Chris Hemsworth, the great looking, but not Osta. This part of me is just great at eating cheese and getting fat. I struggled with my weight all through high school and college. About age 30, I felt impressed to try WW. Back then, it was called Weight Watchers. I was allowed 30 points a day, and the easiest thing to do was take one of their frozen meals for lunch. I really followed the rules for six months, and I lost 20 pounds. It was working really well. I said, hooray, I found the path to health, and I'm sticking to it. But then I went back to normal eating and slid off the path. So a while later, I joined again. This time it was harder. Why? I was allowing myself more cheating. I didn't keep the rules. I rationalized. I gained back my weight. So there was a big problem looming on the horizon during WW. The Cinnabon store stood right next to the building where I weighed in. Why do they allow that? I promised myself because I'm logical and I'm committed, I will be strong. I will pass the cinnamon door and go way in at the meeting. My policy was to park as far from Cinnabon as possible so I wouldn't have to cross over to get to the WW. But then one day it rained and all the safe spots were taken. The smells of cinnamon and butter-drenched rolls tantalized my olfactory and compelled my arm to open the door. Ostahoga, who is neither logical nor committed, said, 
Oh, look at those pecans swimming in the caramel. You can eat that Cinnabon. Just wash it down with a diet, Dr. Pepper. Voila, no points. When I weighed in, the woman at the scale said, Ah, you've got a pecan stuck in the caramel on your cheek. She was accustomed to losers like me. I mean, gainers. Her eyes said, You gained weight again? You really blew it. Why are you wasting your money? How about a frozen Weight Watchers meal to get back on track? Osta Hoga said, Oh, nai nai, tiny frozen dinners? Bah, just call them what they are, appetizers. Then I felt like a career chubby and a failure. I decided to try Slim Fast. I blendered a powdered protein shake with strawberries for two meals and then ate a sensible dinner. Ostahoga whined. Oh, nai nai, I can't chew. I will die. All I've eaten all day is some powder. Slim Fast offers a quick reward. It's very motivating to lose two to five pounds a week. Unfortunately, you start feeling deprived and it's not sustainable. Too many people are actually addicted to chewing their food. I started a very popular app called MyFitnessPal. It's a really good psychology to be accountable and log your intake on your phone. Also, you restrict calories, and my goal was 1,500 calories a day. If I get fatigue when I'm writing or doing my homework, I need my drugs to stay alert. So I have an emergency supplies of king-size Dove chocolate bars. I'm sensible and conscious that I only have 200 of my 1,500 calories left for the day. I lay out two squares of chocolate. And because chocolate tastes better with fruits and nuts, six craisins and two pecans. Then I dutifully hide the bags in the pantry because I'm done. That's 200 calories and that's it. Finished. No more. But after 15 minutes, Ostahoga isn't happy with done. She says, Oh, nay, nay. There's a cosmic imbalance in your mouth. You need more craisins. And I realize, oh yeah, she's right. I felt that same disparity of the universe at Thanksgiving when I had a little hill of mashed potatoes begging for another dab of gravy. Ostahoga can't stop with the pervasive tang of craisins on her palate. You need more nuts. All the flavors must mix properly in the mouth to bring equilibrium to the universe. So I pull the nuts from their hiding place in the pantry. Then I'm trying to concentrate on my writing. But Osta whines, Oh, nai nai, more chocolate, intergalactic piece through the chocolate. After three attempts at hiding my food so I'll stop eating, I find I've eaten an entire chocolate bar, which is 510 calories, 680 calories of pecans and craisins. Dang, that's almost my whole day of calories. Ah, I'm such a failure. Giving into my natural woman, Osahoga, 
has left me feeling hopeless and depressed. I need help. So I do some scholarly research. I want to find out how these media queens are getting skinny. That led me down a rabbit hole of shocking YouTube videos on anorexia. So I asked Google, who's the most beautiful woman? This week's choice is a super skinny woman called Zendaya. We just love thin in our society, and there's much discussion online whether she's anorexic or just starves herself, or if she's genetically thin and what she does or does not eat. And finally, there's this tweet by Julie Klausner, who says, I will never stop criticizing celebs who perpetuate dangerous beauty standards for a generation of girls who grow up thinking they are fat. Eventually, Google led me to European Eating Disorders Review, a scholarly journal. That's where I ran into the statistic that over 90% of women hate their bodies. Researchers showed women silhouettes of bodies and asked them what was their current body size and what was their preferred silhouette. In a sample of over 5,000 women, 90% in the 25 to 34 group and 93% in the 35 to 44 age group wanted a more slender silhouette. As a mental health professional, that is extremely alarming to me. If you can't love yourself, if you're always obsessing about being thinner, you can't love others. You can't love your spouse. You can't love God. So what's the answer for all this epidemic of depression and self-loathing that over 90% of women feel about their bodies? It's good to want to be healthy, and it's good to optimize our bodies with wise eating and appropriate exercise. But how to stop this trend of obsession, to think of our bodies as everything? The obsession can easily become almost a possession where a person can't eat. 10,200 deaths each year are the direct result of an eating disorder. That's one death every 52 minutes in the United States. In the 29 years I've been a counselor and helping people get their minds right, I'm going to give you an answer that is the best of both psychology and spirituality. How do we get our minds right and beat this body obsession, this body disgust that turns to hatred? Jesus is the answer. So those of you with awakened brains might say, I already know that Jesus is the answer, whatever the question, but I've struggled with negative thoughts, body shaming, body disgust, and hatred most of my life. Just exactly how is Jesus the answer? To help a person get their mind right and have peace and happiness about their body, we simply add the words of God or the scriptures to traditional cognitive behavior therapy And those scriptures tell us about our worth. Let me show you how powerful this is. Remember my experience with SlimFast and WW and FitnessPal, and I felt like such a failure? In analyzing this story, you can really tell that I needed to change my thinking. Telling myself so often that I'm a failure was very negative. I know, I'm a counselor. And I know I need to stop this destructive mental practice and take my own advice. But the thin ideal and the pervasive body shaming that goes with it made me feel helpless to fix it. 
What I needed was to therapize myself with cognitive behavior therapy or CBT. CBT is the best of psychology. It's been proven successful in hundreds of studies, especially in conjunction with medication. However, CBT isn't the best of psychology if you can't even remember what it stands for. Then it's just the worst of psychology because I'm confusing you with my psychobabble. Let's try calling it something more user-friendly. I call it the three W's, worries, wisdom, and worth. You ask yourself just three questions and you type or write the answers just as they come out. I like to put mine on a table with three columns. So on the left side is the word worries. What are my painful thoughts about this problem? What is my anxiety and grief and loss? Okay, it's that I'm a failure, a loser, unsuccessful at healthy eating and weight loss. Okay, in the middle of the table goes the word wisdom. Wisdom means logical, healthy thoughts. And here are mine. I am really strong at exercising at least four times a week. I've had that habit for many years. So it's just not logical to say the word failure. Calling myself a failure is black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking. I eat one potato chip or have one bad day and I'm a failure? No, I'm 20 pounds over my goal weight, so does that make me a failure? That's just not logical. I need to give myself credit for all the exercise I do and all the other good things I do and all the efforts I make. Then in the third column on the right, I write the word worth. This means self-worth or that our worth is great in the sight of God. That scripture doesn't say the worth of women who are skinny or men who are muscular or those who are attractive or who volunteer in positions of great responsibility in the church are great in the sight of God. It says the worth of every soul from media queens down to very humble grannies in Asia who might think Instagram is some kind of instant graham cracker is just great in the sight of God. The best proof I have of this is in the next verse. So great was the worth of every soul that God was willing to suffer and die to bring each one home. And again, not just the beautiful and those who have a gazillion followers. Another thought about worth is that God is good. Jesus Christ went about doing good. I try every day to do good things for my health and my spirit, and my whole personality. On health, I've picked just one inspired goal to focus on. And this week, it's intermittent fasting on my Zero app on my phone. I have a negative thought about myself, and I think, no, I'm just going to focus on my one inspired goal. When I do things and I focus on good things, I can love my beautiful soul. Today, I help someone at work. Today I got all the laundry folded and put away. Today I listened to a Come Follow Me podcast while I exercised on the Acts of the Apostles. It was so good. Today I sent a birthday card with a joke in it. The joke was especially good and will cheer up my cookie-loving friend. It was, what does one intergalactic cookie say to another intergalactic cookie? Beam me up, biscotti. The third part worries wisdom, and worth. 
the worth is my favorite part and the best of spirituality. It's really powerful to think of what God would say to me personally to encourage me and help me realize that I have great worth to him. That part really helps me focus on the good stuff. When a person is depressed, it's hard to imagine words of love and worth coming from anyone, let alone words of love and worth from God. Sometimes it's easier to start with, what would someone who loves me say? This WWW is a skill that takes a lot of practice and hard work. Think of the sheer number of self-objectifying, hateful, negative thoughts you've had in your lifetime. It takes a while to learn to replace them. Why would you do this? I'm going to share a profound truth here. I hope you are listening. One, if you can replace your body-shaming thoughts with healthy ones, you can replace the war inside your mind with peace and happiness and love yourself and realize you have great worth. Number two, if you can love yourself, you can love others. Number three, if you can love others, you can love God. While you were listening today about changing your thoughts, did you get a prompting to try it? Don't let that prompting get away. God gave us smartphones for a reason. Quick, dictate a note to yourself or pull out your journal. I hope WWW is something you start doing on your own in your journal, making three columns, one for worries, one for wisdom, one for worth. Remember, it took you years to develop your negative beliefs about your body, and it will take a long time and practice, practice, practice to rethink them and replace them. I hope for those of you who need more help with this body obsession, you will find a counselor, not just any counselor. Mosiah 2314 talks about if you want a teacher or minister to find someone who walks in God's ways and keeps his commandments. You want someone who has a spiritually awakened brain, knows the scriptures well enough to use them in session, and is a humble follower of the Savior Jesus Christ. To adapt an old saying here, wise parents once observed they would rather trust their sheep to the care of a wolf than their children to a therapist who did not follow the Lord. I hope you have enjoyed how to go from obsessing about your body to loving your beautiful soul. And if you know someone who this podcast could help, please share. I'd like to end with the words of my favorite song, Live Like His Son, Help Others on Their Way. Thank you.